So what is the big deal about bread? Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves, a few fishes, and the people wanted to make him king. And in fact, it's interesting, somewhat ironic, his response to them was, all you're interested is filling your bellies. You should be interested in the kingdom of Christ. Bread comes in many different forms. But basically, bread is known as the basic staple of food for life. Whether you are in the ancient world and you are living under some cruel dictator or you are living in a rich country today as we are and there is no end of materialistic stuff that we have readily available to us, whether you are struggling with relationships, with health, or any of the multitude of things which people get exercised about very quickly and get stressed out. And as we think about the next year, you know, tomorrow is just yet another day. And the next day, yet another day. Well, we do think about the past, and we do think about what the year of 2024 might have in store. Perhaps you're concerned about that. Perhaps you're wondering about the culture of our economy, or of our nation, our economy, our politics, what have you. But with all of these things, for an answer to all of that that really counts, that really makes a difference, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about in terms of the general reference to the bread of life. It is the sustenance of life. It is what life is focused upon. It is what provides so that there can be life. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So having a relationship with Christ can, of course, be very helpful. If you know the Lord, 2024 be a better year for you. It helps us through the tough times. It keeps us on track when things are really good. But how does any of that have anything to do with, or what does that have to do with knowing Christ? What is Christ to you? What is your understanding of the result of that relationship? What does it mean for you that in the moment by moment things of life, what's going to happen next year, what has happened in the past, what you're dealing with right now, how it is that you are here at this point in time, how does all of that relate to what Jesus is talking about when he says, I am the bread of life? We're going to consider that this evening, and we're going to look at it, first of all, that there is life. We need to understand what we have. We have life. We're going to look at it that Jesus is the source of life, the living bread. And then how do you actually eat? How do you participate in that bread? 
Again, what does bread have to do with the message of salvation? Well, bread is life. No one can live without food. But even more basic, it is the source of life. There can be no life. No one has ever eaten anything, much less bread, if they weren't alive. And so the idea is that before you can even eat, you need to have life. You need to, you need to be alive. And when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, you see, he's not just talking about some extra things that might add a little something special to life. Clearly, we can and should say, as I've already indicated, that life and dealing with the issues of life can and will be better in some sense of that understanding when you know the Lord. But it's not talking about maybe having a meal and then an extra taste of dessert on top of that, which is a little bit better. He's not talking about just having the essence of life, but if you have the bread of life, it's, it's, it's more than that. No, he's talking about life itself. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying, if you do not have me, if you do not have the bread of life, which is me, you are dead. You're not just missing out on something good. You're dead. You have no life. You're not just miserable. You're not just sick. You're not just immoral. You are without life. And if you have Christ, on the other hand, you have life. So we need to be absolutely clear here. When anyone does not have what Jesus is talking about here, he's not just missing out. If you have friends, if you have neighbors, if you have uh, and of course, people across our our nation and our world, when we say, "Well, you know, they they really have a great life, but it's too bad they don't know Jesus." No, they don't have a great life. They have nothing. They're dead. As we talk about bread, Jesus mentions manna. We'll talk about more in a moment, and all of that is to make a point. They did not and do not bring up life. Jesus, Jesus said to the people who wanted, who were all excited about Christ that because he fed, he fed 5,000 with a few loaves of bread. And he said, that's not the point. Don't worry about filling your belly. That's not the point. Worry about, do you have life? All of the stuff in the world and we get so exercised, we get so concerned. What will the next year bring? What will tomorrow bring? How will I meet? How will I deal with this diagnosis I've got from the doctor? How will I, how will I put money on food on the table and, and, and money in the bank and so on? Those things are beside the point. From the beginning, man has always looked for something to give meaning to life or to add to its pleasure, to even find Life itself, the things that man seeks unto this end may be very pagan. Hollywood view of life says if you just have more fun and don't worry about any rules um, and have lots of money, then life is great. 
that may be very religious. There are people who are very, very strict from a moral point of view about how they live their life. But without Christ, they are at odds with God and they don't have life. When you begin with man, and all of this is in a sense to really start, well, what must I do? It's what the disciples were asking. It's what the, the crowd was at. Okay, you are the bread of life. Give it to us. How can we get it? How can we eat it? And again, Jesus in his own way points out to them that they're asking the wrong question. When you begin with man and you seek to figure out what is it from our perspective, what must I do different so that I have a better year coming up next year? You begin with the fact that you believe that you can, in fact, have a better life next year. Or that you can find a way by yourself to come unto God. You cannot. You see, all humanism must begin with the fact that man in himself is basically good, even if there's just a little spark of it. But out of that, he pulls himself up by his bootstraps and gets to God. The gospel presented here cuts through all of that. No one has any life. All are lost and dead in Adam. And without the bread of life, not coming from man, but from God, they remain dead. Here is how the Apostle Paul put it in his letter to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 2, Paul uh, writes to the church at Ephesus. It was a church primarily filled with new converts, people who had come from a pagan world. And he says this, in the first three verses. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by children, by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. You see, it does not make any difference where you've come from. whether from some sort of religious perspective or a non-religious perspective, what your upbringing has been, this is your need. The same as for anyone else. Without Christ, we're dead. Trespasses and sins. To make his point, Jesus refers back to the manna in the wilderness. He says, in the wilderness... God provided for daily food for them to live so they could, that they could survive uh, going through the wilderness for the 40 years that were there. It was something to help them with their life that filled the belly. But at the end of the day, they still all died. Not only those in rebellion in, in the wilderness, but those who, who, who made it through and entered into the promised land. Still their life ended at some point here on earth. There are so many today who continue to look for the manna. So much of the message of the day is how to make life more enjoyable. If you follow these five directions, 
If you do these three things, then life will be better for you. Or the whole approach to salvation, which takes on any number of different approaches, but in essence says, do this, and you will be saved. Jesus says, you cannot be saved. I am the bread of life. Now, God does provide most of us with more bread to eat every day than we need. Even in terms of our relationship with God, you who do, and I trust that I'm talking to all of you here about that this evening, you who do rely on Jesus alone for salvation, do also experience many additional blessings in your walk with life, and we trust that those will continue in the future. The manna was provided so they could get through the desert, but the real point even of the manna was not the man in itself, but to point to Christ someday, who will who is the real bread of life, the real manna. And even though Jesus did feed the five thousand and did many other things which can be seen in terms of making life better those for those individuals. See, they thought they we make a guy who can turn uh, who can feed five thousand people with a few loaves of bread and a few fishes, he can get the Romans out of here, and we're going to have a better life. Here's the thing that Jesus states very clearly. All of those things mean nothing if you don't have life in Christ. It's the clear words of Jesus, first of all. God has given life. He has sent his Son. He is our bread of life. He is your bread of life. You see, clearly what Jesus is referring to, of course, is not what we might refer to as physical life. But all that life is, that is the ultimate sense, eternal life, as he concluded his statement uh, in verse 51, it says, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Ultimate life. It is the life from God which he created in the image of God. We understand, of course, that God has created man. He has created us in his image. He is, God is the author of life. In fact, he refers, Jesus refers to him as the bread of life in terms of the living bread. Now, I don't believe I've ever seen any bread that was alive. I have seen something in the back of the refrigerator once in a while that looked like it could get up and walk out. But the point is clear, he's not talking about something for the belly. Not any outward thing. Jesus is talking about the food for the soul. There's an understanding here of who God is and who man is. As I said, God is the creator. Man is the creature. God is the fountain or source of all of life. There is no life apart from him. That was the very essence of the relationship that existed in the garden that God is God and man is dependent upon God and the essence of the temptation 
that Satan gave, brought before Adam and Eve and that they listened to was that they didn't need God, that they could be their own gods. Well, what happened? They were cut off. And being cut off from God, they were dead. The day that Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is, the day that they determined to rebel and, and sin against God, they died. And you and I died with them. Literally to be connected once again to the source of life. That is what God came to Adam and Eve with. And when, as soon as Adam, they knew that they had died. And as soon as God speaks in the presence of Adam and Eve to the serpent, that the seed of the woman, well, what do you mean seed of the woman? If there is going to be seed, there must be life. That was the, the good news of the gospel. Life is going to continue, is the message. It is the passage which Jesus brings to us today. Now the language that Jesus uses is very much that of eating this bread. What is the point here? Jesus is making a very specific reference to full and total dependence upon the use of Jesus. In Isaiah 55, we have that great passage of come Eat and drink without food. Buy without money. Unless Jesus is your life, unless you fully depend on him for life, you do not have life. Also, this life is everlasting. It's not like in the wilderness. Rather, with Jesus, it is without end. So, not only does Jesus inform us, not only is this the core of the gospel, not only is this what life is about tomorrow and however many years here on earth we find ourselves, it is in Christ. And you can have it. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You need to eat that bread of life. It is the living bread. Yet the language is very specific concerning that of eating and drinking. As we look further in verses 55 and 56, it says, For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Sounds like cannibalism. How do we eat food? How do we eat the bread and the blood of Christ. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul captures what Jesus has in mind here. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. By faith the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. By faith, that is trust and dependence upon Christ. You have the life for which Christ has given himself. The connection to flesh and blood in terms of faith is that Christ died on the cross. He shed his blood. His body 
is, spiritually speaking, broken. In that he's dead. He gave his body as a sacrifice. And we have that life by faith. Notice specific language of verse 47. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Your relationship with Christ is not to have something someday. I think all too often in Christianity, we put the emphasis, and what a great day that will be. And what a great time that will be. How much greater life will be than we could ever begin and hope for in 2024 than eternity with the Lord. But Jesus is not talking about something someday. He's talking about now. He's talking about now. Your relationship with Christ is now. It is. It gives meaning to this life. It puts all things into context. It gives hope for the future life. And as the living bread, Christ has come that you might now. 2023, 2024, whenever. And life. Faith is to trust solely and completely in the sacrifice of Christ. That is life by faith. Now the eating and the drinking, as, as we participate in, when, when we do have the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we eat the bread and drink the wine. It is a, a, a symbol, but the real drinking the real eating is literally by faith in Christ. His, he is life to us. And he is the sustenance of life from day to day. Exactly what Jesus is driving at. Jesus did not come to make you feel a bit better. He did not come to provide some emotional escape from the troubles of life. There are many problems. They will continue in the year to come. He came to give you life itself. If Jesus would have continued to feed bread and fish to the crowds, if he would have even gotten rid of the Romans, it would not have provided for what was really needed. What the Jews were looking for and what they trusted in was, was, was their genealogy and their relationship to Adam. And they're uh, getting rid of the Romans. All of the advances in medicine, which are great and which are helpful, which are a blessing from God. All of the technology and all of the modern day helps that you might gain will not provide for life apart from Jesus Christ. Yes, to believe in Jesus is to enjoy life. God does bless you. God does bless his people. But it is a life that begins by having the life that is in Christ. And yes, it is that simple. Remember the words of Paul in Galatians. Life is Christ in me. Now Jesus does speak in terms of if and result. Do this. If you do this. Here is the result. You need to eat of this bread. You will have life. Here's the thing, if you are eating, you are alive. If you are not eating, you are not alive. Being alive, and that life is Christ, means, as the song said, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
very well-known psalm. Not to eventually have enough food. In fact, note very carefully, Jesus does not say whoever eats my flesh will someday have life. Jesus says whoever eats my flesh, that is, who believes in me, has life. It is in the present tense. Think of it this way. Your Christianity, your worship, your devotional life, your ethical life, etc. It's not something that you do carry out, as important as it is. In addition to everything else, no, life begins in Christ. Life is Christ. All else can only begin to have purpose and meaning based upon life in Christ. And when you have life in Christ, you have a full and complete life. It is, I said it is, the simple and it is the profound gospel. It's not complicated. Little children can understand it. And yet, it is beyond comprehension. How is it possible that you should receive from Christ, without any contribution on your part, a life now being Christ, a life in which the purpose and meaning serve Christ, and a life fully enjoyed and lived the fullest and unto eternal life. I trust, I pray, you will all have a good life in 2024. But I trust, first of all, and call upon you and pray that will first of all be based on what will make it a good life no matter what you're dealing with is that you trust in Christ. That you have eaten the living bread you continue to eat that living bread, which he and he alone gives. Let us pray.